0: We are going through the book of Matthew and uh, the gospel of Matthew. We are now through the uh, Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> it took a while, <laughs> but now we're on chapter 8. Things will speed up here a little bit now as we continue, but we're not in, we're not in any hurry. We're going to take our time, look at what God's word says, and get the word in us, because his word is life. We need that life in us. Okay, so now we are at chapter 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, remember, he was on the mountain, Sermon on the Mount, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. How would he know to do this? Well, if you'll recall, just before the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus had been out in the desert being tempted, fasting and praying. And then the Bible says he began his ministry and was going everywhere healing people. So he'd already, the word was out. That Jesus was a healer. And uh, and the Bible says the word spread like crazy all over. You can well imagine. And uh, so this guy, after he comes off with a sermon, comes to him and he kneels before him. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And verse 3, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. If there's one thing I want you to know about Jesus, he is willing. He wants to bless your life. He wants to touch you. He wants to turn around the circumstances in your life. Oftentimes people pray, not sure if, you know, I don't know if God really wants to help me. Trust me, God wants to help you. Uh, Every time someone came to Jesus for need, um, at the end of the day, he was always willing to help them if they had a willing heart to reach out to him. Um, Oftentimes people say, well, then why, why am I having a hard time getting an answer to my prayer? Well, there's several reasons, and these are not exhaustive, but I thought I'd touch on a few this morning. Some reasons why people don't get their answers to prayer. Number one, of course, is just unbelief. They don't really believe it. (laughs) They hope, they cry, they pray, they whine, they bellyache, but they don't really have faith. They don't really trust God. They're hoping for some external thing to happen. Uh, And you have to understand, it is faith that gets God's attention. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The people throughout the uh, gospel, you'll notice, that really get Jesus' attention are the ones who come to him in faith. Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. The lady who reached out and touched the hem of his garment, thinking if I just touch him, he will heal me. These are the people who got miracles. There were people who did not get many miracles from Jesus. We'll read about it. Later on in Matthew, he comes to this place where nobody really believed him and uh, he didn't do many miracles there. Uh, lack of faith will hinder He say, so, well, pastor, how do I get more faith in me? Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's one of the powerful things about reading the Bible. You get the word of God in you. It does something miraculous in you and boom, you get this energy. Just like eating food gives you energy. You may not understand it all. I don't understand it all. How eating something go down and all this stuff happens and all of a sudden, zing, you got energy and, and you're able to do whatever it is that you do. I don't understand it, but I do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 a little bit too much, as y'all can tell. But um, the same thing spiritually, well, I, I don't know how does reading the Bible give me faith. I don't know. I just know it does. That's why you need to read it. Some of y'all. Yeah, never read the Bible. I know you, you little rats. You don't read it. You come to church, bless your pea-picking hearts. I'm glad you do, or I'd be really lonely on Sunday morning. But you, you, you know, you get to a successful Christian life on purpose. Everybody say on purpose. On purpose. It happens on purpose. I think people think it just happens by accident. You know, if I'm really holy, or if I get close to Pastor Mark because he's so holy. <laughs> well, not many of you think that, but. <clears throat> You know, everybody's thinking, boy, if I could just something happen and, you know, la, la 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 la. That's not, you know, you get there on purpose. It's intentional. You pray on purpose. You read the Bible on purpose. You try to build up faith in you. It just doesn't happen automatically. You have to be intentional about it. So, number one reason, quite frankly, is just unbelief i say, well, Pastor, why, why am I having problems in my life? Well, number two reason, sometimes God is using those problems to bring about his glory. Uh, you know, at times the disciples would come to Jesus and see somebody in a real bad place and say, you know, why, why is it so bad for this guy? And he would say, well, this was done for the glory of God. And Jesus went over and healed him, and boom, everybody, wow, you know. Um, you know, Lazarus, his good friend, was sick, and Jesus intentionally did not go pray for him he waited for him to die and then he went over and he raised him from the dead wow that's pretty intense the good news is he got raised from the dead the bad news he had to die see everybody wants a miracle but nobody wants to need a miracle we get in a place where we need a miracle and oftentimes what we get in a situation where you need god our first thought is god is, left. God is left. Why is this happening to me? Well, that's not exactly a place of faith. Sometimes it's happening to you because God wants you to have some faith and trust him and have a miracle in your life. Because miracles get people's attention. When all of a sudden things start turning around in your life, other people start to notice. Wow, that's amazing what's happened in your life. Why did that happen? Well, because of Jesus Christ in my life and trusting God. So sometimes these things happen so that God can be glorified. Don't just lose heart when you need a miracle. You don't get miracles unless you need them. I mean, seriously, I think people think, you know, why doesn't just Jesus come along and just start floating things around the room and stuff like that? Well, first of all, nobody needs anything floating around the room. And he doesn't do things just to impress people. He does things to meet people's needs. He is a compassionate God. He loves you. He cares about you. He really, really loves you. I don't know why, but he does. I wouldn't love me if I were him, because I know me. I'm obnoxious. (laughs) Another reason sometimes we go through stuff is because God is testing our faith. We don't like those. You know, sometimes you just, boom, you know, you get, uh, ugh, ugh. And and I'll tell you, I've gotten to the point in my life, I, I teach and preach to you with fear and trepidation. Because oftentimes, I'll start preaching you about something, and then I start experiencing it. It's like God saying, okay, Mr. Smarty Pants, do you really believe this? I mean, last time I preached on faith, my wife got cancer, and we went through that trial. Huh? Remember that? <laughs> you know, makes me a little afraid to preach on faith next time. But, you know, you just got, you know, you just got to stand up and, and follow God, and sometimes you will get tested. It's how you really see what's on the inside of you. You don't get to pure gold without fire. You take the gold and they burn it down and they burn it and they burn away all the dross and everything, all the other stuff and all the impurities until you get to pure gold. It just doesn't happen. Gold isn't pure just by nature coming out of the ground. They got to fry that stuff, man. Boil it down. Sometimes to get to real gold in your life, you got to get toasted. Nobody likes to get toasted. Good news is you will not die. It'll feel like you're dying, but you won't die. God is faithful. Trust in Him. Okay. Um, sometimes, you know, we say, "Well, Pastor, why, why do some people get sick and stuff?" I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just you gotta pass into the next life. It is what it is. And other people come up to, "Oh, Pastor, will you pray for my Nana? She's so sick. Please pray for her. Please pray for her." go okay how old is she 106 I go uh, okay <laughs> I mean I'll pray for her and God can help her to live to 110 but at some point everybody dies right I'm shocked at how many people freak out when people even old people die they come totally included. I mean, what, what exactly were you planning on I got bad news for y'all this morning y'all gonna die all y'all every one of you we're all gonna die nobody gets out of this alive okay so don't freak out, I'm stunned by people. And I'm saying this, so I'm not trying to be mean, I'm, some of you might struggle with this, but people who lose an aged mom or something, they just come unglued, like God forsake. Look, we all, I don't know what you thinking. Nobody sticks around forever. I would like to. I hope I stick around for a long time. I hope I'm irritating your great grandchildren someday. <laughs> but we don't know that, just so don't freak out. But one of the biggest reasons we have hindrances to our prayers and this one you got to be careful with but I need to talk about none though, it's just because of sin sin in your life will hinder God in your life, it is what it is, why Jesus died on the cross to wash us from sin that's why the Bible says if you sin, confess your sins to God, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness that's why we have communion every Sunday, some people say, why do you guys have communion every Sunday? You Lutherans, Catholics, no, just believe in it. It's a time of examining your heart. Where am I at? Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Is there something I heard today that I oh man, I guess I need to straighten this out. Ask God to forgive you. Think back. Wow, you know how have you behaved for the last week? Make things right with God. Keep short accounts with God. Don't be letting stuff build up inside of you. Now, we're getting ready to start up our life groups again. This is the one we all gather together in homes and stuff around the community and get a chance to share faith and talk about the Bible more on a one-to-one thing. Most of you don't belong to any of them. You know, you're too busy. My answer to that is you're too busy. Slow it down a little bit. You want to be intentional, you want to have a great life, you want to have success, you want to grow in your faith, you want to see God do things in your life, you do it on purpose. Everybody say, on on purpose. purpose. That's why you should be part of a life group, why you should come to church regularly, why you should do these things. I promise you, people who do these things, these are the ones some of you all envy. Man, everything works for that guy. It's great. They're happy. Their marriage is good. Their kids don't seem to be possessed of the devil. Everything seems to be good. You know, they don't have the financial problem. But my life, it just sucks. It just sucks. Everywhere I go, I hear this huge sucking sound. I don't know why. Why did I get. Well, do you do any of these things? No. Hello? On purpose, people. Anyway, like I'm going to change your mind. You won't, still won't come, you little sinners. But for those of you who do, we're going to be reading First Peter, and we're we're into it. And uh, this is Peter the apostle; he writes this letter to the church, and we're going through it. One of the things he gets to this part between husbands and wives—you know how we all drive each other crazy—and and and he basically says this: is you need to get along because if you don't get along, it will hinder your prayers. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's a drag. (laughs) Why? Because there's times we don't get along. Anybody notice this? He put me and the redhead. Boy, we got some moments. <laughs> you know, you, you just got to calm down. Because I need God answering my prayers. I need to get along with the lady. Somebody say amen. 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 I'm from so man, sure Just calm down. Unless you don't need God. That's a problem. Maybe pass. Maybe people don't need God. Maybe it's just you and me. We're such messes. We need God. I'll tell God. I need it big time. Just not getting along with your spouse will hinder God's hand in your life. You need to get on this. Some of you guys, we've talked about this a hundred times. We'll keep talking about it. Jesus keeps talking about it. Forgiveness. Some of y'all are so bitter and angry at people in your past, and you wonder why your life is so miserable. You still hate people who done you wrong 30 years ago. You're still mad about it. Some of you are still so mad at an ex-wife, ex-husband, you can't hardly talk. Well, I'm gonna share and- All right. <laughs> they get mad at me, I feel yell at me about it. I am not gonna forgive my wife. She's a dirty, Fresh and frizer. All right, do what you want. But then I will go, shh, crying to me when your life is a disaster. You know, sometimes God lets stuff happen in your life to get your attention, you ever notice that? God loves you enough to make you miserable. At some point, you gotta get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You hearing me? I'll talk to those people. Y'all hear me over there at Steven's Point? <laughs> Appleton, you gotta, you gotta get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Say, so, man, I wanna get my life right. Quit hating people and mad, but just let it go. It's going to kill you. Right. Look, we'll love you if you're having problems with forgiveness. You know, we'll, we'll have your early funeral. You know, it'll be great. <laughs> Pastor Lathan will be there reading scriptures. I'll preach. Ross will sing. We'll try and get Debbie to dance or something. You know, <laughs> We'll have a nice funeral. We'll all cry for you, you know. But, How about you not die from early death because you're so bitter and angry? Stop. Then you got the major. Those are the minor things that mess up your prayer life. Then we got people who have major. We're talking like the top ten, you know. Lying, cheating, adultery. Seriously? Stop. This is killing people. In the United States of America, we've lost our ever-loving minds. There is no morality anymore. People do whatever they want. They don't think anything of it. They don't even hide it anymore. It's amazing how often I talk to people. We get emails from people all over the world asking my advice on how to help their lives. One of the first questions I always ask them, are you having sex with anybody you're not married to? And it's how often they look at me like, what? just answer the question yes or no well yeah really my next question is are you a christian because some people are not christians that like they like listening to me because i'm funny <laughs> they're not all christians i get them. after they say no i'm not a christian okay i cut them some slack but most of them are christians I was interesting, when I asked him, I say, are you having sex with somebody? I like, well, yeah. Are you Christian? Oh, yeah. We really love Jesus. We're worship leaders in our church. We're elders in our congregation. I'm a pastor. Hallelujah. And you're doing what? You're committing adultery with somebody? It's like people have lost their minds. And they wonder why. I'm telling you, the number one thing that is poisoning the Christian faith today is sexual sin. It is killing us. It's killing you, young people. You guys need to pay attention. You don't get in all this nonsense. Well, I want to have sex. Well, fall in love with somebody. Get married. You have sex, with your eyeballs pop out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how much that is, but that's that's, that's got to be a lot in your eye. You know, that's that's a lot right there. <laughs> and just do it right all this stupid stuff, sleeping with your boyfriend, your girlfriends and stuff, and wondering why God didn't answer your prayers. Come on. Stop it. People have no connection. I've had people sit in my office, you know, literally committing adultery, committing adultery, sleeping with some other guy's husband. Some other guy's husband, that'd be a different group. (laughs) Bit, oh, dear Jesus. <laughs> and, so, and, 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 uh, and I know it. And they tell me, and, and then they, they, well, why isn't God answering my prayers? <sighs> what? I had a guy in my office. He's praying, man, you, you talk about faith. I huh? oh, trying to trust God to bless us financially. We're struggling financially and everything. <clears throat> I just started asking questions. Turns out the guy is up to his eyeballs in porn. Looks at it all the time. Looks at it at work. I haven't talked to him in years. He probably got fired, got caught. Just out of control. I remember what Jesus had just said. He said, If you just look at a woman and start filling in the blanks in your head, you're committing adultery. Knock it off. Well, good Lord, if just looking at someone and fantasizing your head. Why does it look at some screen where there is nothing being filled? It's all right there for you. Just letting that poison poison. Say, well, you, do you hate me? I don't hate you, but you want God to bless your life? But apparently, you don't need that. Those of us who do, stop that stuff. It is poison. Why isn't God answering my prayer? I don't know, maybe because of what you're doing. But there's no connection in people's heads. You talk to people, and they stare at you like a dog at a new dish. <laughs> I know, I, I do it all the time. I just, one couple, you know, they were just living together, living in sin. They knew it was wrong. They, and they really knew it. Raised Pentecostals. Living in sin. Coming to church, they're glad, I'm glad it came. Look, I'm glad you're here at all. And they came to me on an appointment, come in and said, you know, pastor, you say God will answer your prayers and God will, do this and God will do that and, well we got this horrible thing, we got this terrible thing and I can't keep a job and she's got all these weird sicknesses, the doctors can't find out what's wrong. I, well, why doesn't God answer our prayers? Now, Tim at said, you're, you're sleeping together. And they laughed. I said, oh, <laughs> yeah, I know, we thought you'd probably say that, but, but really why? <laughs> so I'm not making this up. It's like no connection between what they do and what they get from God. You're sleeping with each other. Stop. Well, the problem is they're sleeping. They weren't sleeping. That's our problem. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't hate these people. I don't hate anybody that does this stuff. But it's. You want God to bless your life? You can't just do blatant things and expect God to bless your life. And this has gotten out of control. Let's do the right things. Okay? There is a reason. God will give you a way to satisfy all the needs of your life. Just do it the right way man I'm just getting mad at people so I don't know what people think with this other stuff anyway then Jesus says to this guy who just heals he says well see that you don't tell anybody go show yourself to the priest offer the gift of Moses as a testimony to him as to them he goes out there and he does this because most people he told don't tell they told anyway so the word spread even more then we read, it says, where Jesus, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. Now, this centurion is a Roman soldier. The, the Jews at this time were under occupation. Uh, they were under the thumb of Rome. you didn't mess with the Romans. They were brutal. You know, these were the guys who came up with the whole crucifixion concept in the first place. They'd come and surround a town and starve it out. and As people escaped trying to find food, they grab and crucify them. When they took over Jerusalem, eventually... They Historically, they say they ran out of wood. They crucified so many people around the city. And these guys were brutal, brutal people. So the soldier comes, a centurion comes to him. And he says, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Apparently, he's a nice guy, this guy. Wasn't his son at home, wasn't his daughter, wasn't a friend, he's a servant. But he's in a lot of pain. He heard about what Jesus could do. And Jesus looked at him and said, shall I come and heal him? And he said, Lord, I, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Just, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Now I was raised in a church that they taught us to pray this in a version of prayer. Lord, I'm not worthy that you come into my uh, life, but uh, you know, speak with the word and my soul shall be healed. It was never designed to be a prayer. We're trying to encourage people to ask people in their lives. Other churches are getting people to pray that he doesn't come into their life. You know, save me from long distance. I mean, it's a bizarre thing. That wasn't the intent of that. That's not a prayer. He's merely being respectful to Jesus. He realizes who Jesus is. You don't need to come into my house. He said, just speak the word. And then he says this. He says, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, boom, he goes. I tell that one come, boom, he comes. I tell my servant, servant jump. He says, how high? He's a man of authority, all I got to do is speak and they do it. That's what I'm asking you to do. And Jesus, when he heard this, was amazed, the Bible says, and turned to those following him. Truly I say to you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. What great faith? Because he said, I'm not worthy that you come. No, it wasn't about that is the fact that he said, listen, I understand authority. I know what it is to say stuff and stuff happens because I am a man of authority. As I said, in the Roman army, I got some say. When I say jump, people say how high. He says, I know all you got to do is say it and it'll happen. Whoa, here is a guy who gets it. It's the power of the word of God. When God says stuff, things happen. When you start loosing the word of God into your life, it will start changing things. So how do I get God to say stuff? How do I get God to say stuff? Look at the Bible. That's why you read the Bible. You get God's words into you and you can speak those things out. And when you speak God's word, things happen. But you can't speak it if you don't know it. And you don't know it because you don't read it. And I can't, I can yell at you all day long. It won't make any difference. You got to do it. You start speaking. That's when Jesus said, you can look at the mountain and say, hey, get out of the way. And that mountain will move. Because you have the Word of God in you. And when the Word of God speaks, things happen. The power of Christianity is not in our churches, not in our symbolisms, not in our incredibly handsome pastors. It is, it is the Word of God. That's where the power comes from. But people, they they can't grasp it. They won't grasp it. There's got to be a thing. If it can be a thing, they'll grab it. If I would announce this last week in the newspaper that we had a piece of the cross, it is actually a scientific absolute certainty that this was a piece of the cross that Jesus died on. And every expert in the world says, yes, that is for sure. There's no question. That is a piece of the cross that Jesus died on. And I announced that we were having that cross on display here. This place would be so packed out today, you could not get people in. It would take days 24 hours, people coming in and out to look at that thing. They would come by the God because they think that the power of God is an affair. It's a thing. If I can just touch this, this, this thing, this is where I'll get my miracle. And everybody's looking for their little talismans and their little holy pieces of something that some saint touched or something else. And they're all running around trying to. That's not where the power comes. I don't care if the literal physical cross Jesus died on was here this morning. That is not where the power of God comes from. It comes from him, his word, his power in your life. I promise you you get that it'll change your life most people however don't get it jesus said this in The very next words he says i say to you that many will come he's talking about judgment day many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with abraham isaac and jacob in the kingdom of heaven people from all over the world but the subjects of the kingdom the people who should know better the people who should understand faith the people who understand the things of god Many of them will be thrown outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. Again, Jesus says this a lot. And it should put a little bit of fear of the God in all of us. He just finished saying, remember on the Sermon on the Mount, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will get into the kingdom of heaven. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many go that way. If narrow is the way that leads to life, few there be that find it. He said, here I am in the midst of all these people raised in righteousness and in the scriptures their whole lives. And it's the centurion who gets it. He understands it. It is time that we get this in us. It's great that you come to church, but church will not save you. Church will not turn your life around. It's great that you hear what I say, but just what I say will not turn. You've got to get this in you. You have to understand the power of God comes from him and it comes from his word and his promises. And if you will be intentional and do it on purpose, it will change your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your kindness, your grace. Help us to grasp this, Lord. Open our eyes. You often spoke and then after you finished, you said, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Because you know, most so many people just... No matter what you say, you just can't quite hear it. You've got to make this stuff clear. Open our eyes. Help us to look out for the things that are destructive in our lives. Help us to be intentional. Help us to do life intentionally so that we can walk in blessings, success, and with the favor of God on us and change the world in which we live. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. amen. I didn't finish this last verse. It says, and then Jesus said to the centurion, go. Let it be done just as you believed it would. And the Bible says, and his servant was healed at that moment. God bless you.